What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain Welcome to another episode of the Aubrey Marcus podcast. As always, we deeply appreciate it if you leave a review or share this podcast with a friend. This episode is brought to you by Onnit. Please go to onnit.com slash Aubrey and just check it out. Look at all the tools for human optimization. These are the favorite things that I use, that athletes use, that everyday individuals use to level up their life, to increase their performance, increase what they get out of this existence. Just go check it out. You'll find something, I promise, on it.com slash Aubrey. Barangi is one of those multi-talented individuals who can pick up any instrument and play it beautifully. He's an amazing healer. He's a great friend, and I really enjoy talking to him about a wide variety of topics and, of course, playing some music. <laughs> What's up, my brother? What's up, hermano? Welcome back. <laughs> Gracias. So good yeah. to be back, bro. So, man, one thing I want to jump off and talk about is you are one of the most talented musicians that I've ever met. And I run into incredibly talented musicians. And you wonder, like, when you meet someone like yourself, like, how does the world not know about your music? And I've seen it before in multiple genres, and, and you're just an example of that. And I want to get into right away just the persistence it takes because right now things are starting to bloom but it's been a long path and you've been putting out good music for a long time yeah. i think people so often they'll start on a path and they'll find that immediate resistance and things won't work out and then they'll just abandon it totally but the you know the success comes from just staying with it just staying and sticking and staying <laughs> you know i mean so so tell us about that i mean right now you're starting to feel that that groundswell, that energy, you know, remixes of your songs, connections with different established artists, all of this starting to come to fruition, but it's been a long time just honing the craft. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's been, yeah, it feels like lifetimes in a way, honestly. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes immense persistence, you know, and it's so interesting because um, there's this whole thing that's happened in the recording music and kind of the whole way that music is is experienced by people, you know, in this modern day now with the internet and the advent of kind of streaming music and everything. It's like 
now an artist can't even make a living just from recording music and selling their their albums. It's now you're kind of expected to just give your music away for free and then hopefully then people will book you to do a show and get mm. paid there. But it's this dance, like, because everyone doesn't, you can't put out like a crappy piece of music. Like you got to be produced and that's not free, you know, it takes a certain level. Right. So it's kind of like the, the, uh, the entry price, if you will, has been leveled, the playing field. You don't need that $100,000 studio. Like you can still do it on your computer and stuff to a fair amount. Mm-hmm. However, there's like so much. So there's also this like kind of wave of, of just so much noise out there. And so part of it too is being able to cut through all the noise. Um, and so I don't think it's gotten any easier. In some ways it has, but in other ways it's gotten more difficult. So this is in this balance. So in all of it, you're right. It's all about perseverance and, and resiliency, you know, and really staying the course. Um, and I think for myself, you know, it, for me, it's such my passion mm-hmm. and it's just what comes through me and not, it's not from me. It's like really about what comes through. And I think in that way, it's an extension of my healing work, which has really been able to kind of keep me going yep. in that way. Um, so for me, I think in so many ways, I haven't put down the flame because it's, it's just what I'm here to do. And I know that. And so that just helps to drive me, make me get up in the morning, even when I know, you know, there's, um, yeah, there's so much to be done. And I don't, ha- you know, I'm like, I might feel like I don't have all the support I need. Tell us about those, tell us about those dark times, the trying times <laughs> when it's like, when it really gets tough, because that's, you know, that's something that we can all identify with. That's something we all feel at certain points, but it just feels like too much or you're too little or one, one or the other, maybe both. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, gosh, been many moments like that where it's really challenging, you know, and, you know, that feeling where, wow, am I going to be able to pay, you know, the bills this next month? Am I going to be able to cover like kind of all these, these, you know, root chakra kind of things, you know, like these needs and sustenance and, um, and yeah, I mean, gosh, not that long ago, I've had that experience, you know, and just really struggling with that and feeling like, wow, am I going to have to go get a gig, just like a regular gig? And, um, you know, it's funny. It's like, it, and what would a regular? What did what did you entertain in those <laughs> moments? What, what was what was the going to be doing here? You, you, oh man, you know, I've had <laughs> massage envy. Yeah, oh lord, right? Nothing against massage envy. You know, my my youngest brother, he's working there. He's yeah. you know. But no, I'm I'm uh, you know, I definitely have thought about like, what do I do? And I have, I, I, you know, without shame, I've gone and I've worked um a spa gig. You know, tried that out. Uh-huh. Didn't last very long. You know. <laughs> Real quickly, they're like, you're our best, most wanted therapist. Can you come back, you know, for $30 an hour? And I'm like, I mean, which is good pay. Yeah. But, you know, for the work that I do, I was like, I can't put that out. And yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm down. Like, I'll do whatever. I've dug holes. I've, you know, whatever is needed. Um, fortunately, my dad taught me from an early age, you know, get your hands dirty, get into the dirt. And like, yeah, pick up the dog shit, whatever you got to do, you know, to make... So that provides like a fallback at least, right? Like, like, you know know that no matter what, you'll figure out something to do to be able to apply yourself. And that's, that's at least that kind of fallback position where, you know, all right, it's going to be okay. Even if I have to do this shit for a little while, you know, and I think that's important to have. And I think people, they fantasize about these worst case scenarios that really aren't too bad. You know, worst case, yeah, you're outside, you're doing some manual labor, which is actually somewhat satisfying and really de-stressing, you know, like there's nothing less stressful than when you have a big pile of rocks on one side and that big pile of rocks needs to go over (laughs) to this pile of rock. Like it's a very simple thing. You know, you just apply yourself to it. You don't have to think about it. You know that you're making progress. You can visibly, tangibly see the progress that you're making which is harder when you're starting a business or something else. Cause sometimes it looks like you're moving straight backwards, 
you know, sometimes it looks, you, it's hard to see the visible progress. Sometimes you get worse, you know, even when you're practicing your skill in order to get better, you break down in order to recover stronger. So, um, but no, having that fallback position, I think is, is really important. It's huge. It's huge. And I think that's been, you know, for me in a lot of ways, body work has been that, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's helped me kind of keep going. Like when there's no gigs or there's not enough gigs to kind of pay the bills um, and gigs, I mean, is music gigs. But, you know, and just to answer your question a little bit more too, like I've done it all, like from graphic design to website building to, I mean, I'll do anything that I can apply myself, either technical skills or going out and like, you know, helping build a house or whatever needs yeah. to like kind of happen. But in the meantime, you've kept the flame lit and you've been playing music and you've been honing the craft. And, you know, I think that's, you know, just shows when you have a passion that that's that's that strong. Yeah. It'll be this current that rides through all of these different challenges and difficulties. You'll find yourself attracted to it over and over again. And that's a real key, significant part of being successful. Absolutely. And I, I think one thing that's been really core to my heart, you know, in all of it has been the desire to want to to really hold space for other people's healing and going through my own healing journey, you know, and with that of my family and just carrying that with me. It's like, no matter what I'm doing, it's like, if I can be creating a positive impact, whether that's with one person on the bodywork table, or if that's with a whole room of people, you know, doing a performance, like that's always been my driving force is like, how do I help shift the energy in this space, in this moment right now, you know, for the better, mm-hmm. and that's kind yeah. of been like, my guiding light and it's really what motivates me in those mornings where it's like yeah i'm like i can't get up i'm, I'm done it's another great way to take a lot of the pressure off when you know that you're a force and you're applying that force just to help be as helpful to other people as possible it takes a lot of that that ego kind of fear out of the system right this idea that oh am i successful am i not am i doing this or that just like look i'm just doing my best to help people out and when you're in that mode it's really easy it feels like you're getting you know, you're going with the wind at your back at that point. And that's also really helpful. But when you focus so much on yourself and what you're doing and what you're creating and, and all of the pressures of, of me, 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 it it gets harder, (laughs) you know, like the easier way is just to give it up and say, let what comes go through me. And I'm just going to help as many people as I can. And then in doing so, you know, you, you end up reaping rewards personally, but um, by focusing on others, it's another huge way to take a lot of pressure off. Huge. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a friend of mine. Um, he, he's a lawyer and he went to Duke with me and, you know, just one of these brothers, always been like a counselor for me, mm-hmm. you know, and he's a really successful business person, built all kinds of company he has like Wall Street cheat sheets, like he built it, sells it. That's his thing. And he sits with me, he's like, Porangi, what you got to really decide between three things. Do you want to be famous? Are you doing this to be famous? Are you doing this to be powerful and to have power? Or are you doing this do you want to be free? Do you want freedom? And I said, well, I want freedom. Mm-hmm. My heart wants that. You know, my mind might think, oh, I need fame, I need money, I need all these other things, but I want freedom. And he's like, well, then you have your answer. You know, then that, let that be your guiding principle in everything you do. And if you do it from that place, then you create everything around that place of having freedom in everything you're doing. So like, for me, my motivation is like, it's not for making a bunch of money. It's not for being out there and being famous. Like if I show up and every time I perform, every time I pick up an instrument, every time I put my hands on somebody, it's like, if I come from this place of creating freedom for me and for the other, you know, it's, it's like I, what the outcome I'm unattached. 
Well, the process is freedom because when you're playing the music, you become free of the mind. You become free of the entrapments of the self and the identity. You're in flow. You're a a music being created. You're literally becoming the notes as they're as they're being played. That's the classic beautiful flow state. The escape of the ordinary reality, ecstasis, as you know they call it in the in the book Stealing Fire, the ancient Greek term that that place of being, which is heaven. You know, yeah. that's freedom. You're already accessing freedom. It's not some future state that you're looking forward in the future. It's right here, right now, as soon as you're playing the instrument. And if you play it that way, yeah, you're and free. It's be- and it's beautiful. Yeah. But if you're playing it for an outcome, there you go it again, changes back everything. to hell. And the music's not going to be as good either. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I immediately know the difference. You know, yeah. As soon as my mind, as soon as I'm attached to something, it's like... I've, I've learned that just, you know, playing the flute, you know, it's an instrument I picked up a couple of years ago and, you know, you've helped me out a bit with that. But as soon as I start playing it for the audience and thinking about what they think and yeah. rather than just playing the music, you know, it's, it's such a dramatic difference. Totally. You know, when you're just expressing the music in the moment without thought, that thoughtless, empty vessel, the hollow bone that's, that's creating sound it's magic and then when you're trying to craft sounds with your mind (laughs) it's bullshit it's bullshit it's noise it's that's such a great point it's like it really is it's noise and it it, it can become hollow and can become like it goes through a filter and so my my objective when i'm playing is like how do i get out of that as much as possible and just be as empty as possible and in those moments is really when i i you know those moments of of divinity of of like real Mm -hmm. inspiration come through and I think you can ask any musician, and I think that's a common, and ask any human being, because we're all musicians, I believe, you know, at our core, mm-hmm. you know, we're all movers, we're all sound makers. We were born with these two chords, you know, in our throats, in these bodies, mm-hmm. you know, that make sounds. So it's like, I, you know, that's a core belief for me. And so it's like, as we access that, I believe that sound and movement are the most immediate way to access that state of flow, mm-hmm. of total presence, of present moment. And so it's like, I feel like that's where a lot of us get lost is because we're, worried we immediately worry about oh do i sound good you know do they like this is this good is this it's the moment that monkey mind gets in there it's just like it's it's ridiculous it really erodes the magic and the power of sound sure and it erodes the magic and power of anything of sport you know you see it with you see it with mma fighters when they start thinking about am i winning or am i losing am i defending the belt what's going to happen they don't perform but when they're in the moment having fun and just living this living this activity that they've trained for so long it's mm. poetry it's beautiful mm. you know and and the performance is the peak of what it could possibly be i experienced that today you know i was out playing basketball with a bunch of people who you know i wanted to go out there and perform well whenever you're like somebody who's playing with a, a well defined group like you know you want to show that you can play so that you get their respect and then you know it's just kind of the thing and i haven't played in a long time so I get out there and I start thinking about that and I just can't play where normally it's just fluid. Me is just me hooping is just like, I don't think about anything. I'm just fluid. I'm laughing. I'm cracking jokes. But just for that little while where I was thinking about, all right, I gotta, I gotta show that I'm you know worthy of getting the next pass. You know, <laughs> all of a sudden the game goes to shit, you know, the music, the game, the whatever relationships, you know, even when you're with somebody and you start wondering oh does she like me does she not like me what is she going to do or does he like me does he not like me well i wonder what she's thinking you're out of it right you're out of it sex the same thing Mm. it all like knowing this way broadly of just getting yourself out of the way 
just being a vehicle, being in the present, smelling, feeling, tasting, yeah. being the observer, being the witness, and and allowing everything to just move through you without getting stuck right. in the mind, which tries to grasp and hold on to everything. And and that's how magic happens in absolutely everything in life. Yeah. And I, I would and I would add to that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That authentic vulnerability. It's like when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, to take that risk where we're on that edge and we could fall at any moment. There's something so powerful about being in that place of letting everything go, like you said, in intimacy, you know, with our partner, to being in a fight, in a match, or mm-hmm. to being in that moment with the song. Um, really being able to be really vulnerable. And because the people, others who are the witness, right? And the witness is just creator, right? The witness is always here. And so it's like, when you allow that witness to just witness that authentic vulnerability, they feel it right away. It's visceral. Yeah. You know, the great example is like, I think of, you know, when I perform with my one man kind of orchestra, when I'm looping, it's such a trip because, you know, I'm recording everything in the moment. I don't know what's going to happen next. I just know, okay, this instrument plays pretty good with that instrument. And then I just throw them together and see what happens. And there's something about, I know for people when they're watching that, to know that nothing's pre-recorded, nothing yeah. else. It's like, I could mess up in any moment. There's something about that that edge, right? That the, the the fighter could totally go down in any second, yeah. right? Or in the sport, you could trip and fall and like ruin the whole game, drop the ball. And so it's like that edge is what keeps us on the edge of our seat. And it's like it's what it's like for me. There's something intangible and magical and potent in that too, right? Mm-hmm. That's like that makes the stakes really high. Mm-hmm. That also adds to the aesthetic, like the depth almost. It's like how high we can go, and that's how far we can fall. And so there's some relationship there, you know, just sure. To- yeah. It's, a, I mean, it's a classic indicator of how to get into the deepest flow states is when the stakes are high, when the stakes matter, yeah. you know, when like the more people are watching, that's why these championship matches, I'll watch the championship event in any sport, even if I can't stand, you know, the actual activity, whatever it is, dart throwing, you know, pretty boring to watch. But if it's the, the final championship of championships, you know, just that pressure and that state, right. the Olympics, you know, that's why we love the Olympics is there's there's something that can come from the stakes being raised. And then knowing that that some people are going to rise to that and some people aren't quite going to be ready. The mind is going to the mind is going to jump in there. And then occasionally you get these beautiful moments where both both competitors are fully there, fully present. And then that turns into this incredible, that was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen, right. you know, where it was just both people bringing absolutely 100% of their potential and then watching what happens. But yeah. in mu- in music, it's really easy to feel that, you know, it's you see that. And I think you see that with so many of the great musicians, they get out there and they start performing and, you know, they're a, they're a special force to be reckoned with. And I think, you know, you're absolutely in that category you see you get in that mode and it's you're not porangi the guy who you know we hang out with and you know drink a margarita a jalapeno <laughs> margarita and we you know do hang out and do our stuff and then there's this other version you know that's more selfless that lacks a certain identity but it is in the same body and is just the vessel for this this great thing that you're bringing through yeah exactly yeah, I just kind of empty myself out. Yeah. You know, there's there's something I think that's really interesting that with the advent of recording, you know, in like recording audio, recording video, um, you know, which is only, what, 100 years old, give or take, you know, it's a very recent phenomenon. And we have this history of our ancestry, right? These thousands, thousands, millennia of 
music and dance, movement and sound were never recorded. It was always this magical thing that would happen in the present moment. And the moment it passed is gone forever. Mm-hmm. And you, all you had was just the fleeing kind of impression, if you will, in your body, that visceral feeling that it left you with. And there's something I think we've taken for granted in a way with recorded music, you know, now being able to just pop this little, you know, earbuds in and walk wherever and like listen to anything, any on demand, this whole thing of streaming. And it's really interesting. I feel like it's almost taken away a little bit of that, that sense of how magic and powerful movement and sound are like, yeah. to the human experience. I think that's why some of the reality shows involving music, you know, um, have been so successful mm. because you actually find those moments, you know, you find these moments where people are rising above what they've ever been capable of before. And it just gives you chill bumps. It can be, you know, the dance show. So you think you could dance or it can be, right. you know, any one of the music shows that are, that are really popular. And, and you see that and you're like, damn, that was fucking incredible. And you actually see it in some of the award shows too. And, mm-hmm. you know, where you get multiple people, like I remember, um, you know, Pink laid down a performance a couple years ago that just had everybody like, what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. You know, that was, she was drawing something deep out of the ether and out of herself um, to get there. So there'll always be that special place, you know, but you're right. Now that we get to piece everything together, it's just like acting for a movie versus acting on stage. Right. You know, you get that same thing where you'll get a character drop in on stage and it'll be like, holy shit, you know, that was incredible. But we get, you get multiple tries, you know, in front of the, in front of the screen, right. multiple takes. So it, al- it allows and- a lot more, you know, freedom and flexibility. It doesn't require that same thing, but ultimately the best still bring it that way. Yeah, yeah. I think you don't need it. Well, I don't want to say you don't need mastery, but there's a level of you have this this padding when you have the filter of a studio or the filter of an editor or there's something about that live, the energy that happens in the live moment, right? And that real spontaneity. And, and we see it everywhere now, right? Live on uh, live streaming, right? Not on Facebook or mm-hmm. like everything is moving to this, like it has to happen in the moment right then. And there's something about that risk again. Mm-hmm. I think it brings us to, right? That something that feels more authentic feels like it's not this isn't through any filters this is like the raw experience and then when you see it and you feel that magic come through it's like it just hits you in this deeper way and it yeah. like fills our soul resonates our soul you know and so I, I feel that that's a big piece and that's part of why like with the with the album what i've been working on is like i was kind of sitting in the studio this winter thinking okay i'm going to take all these recordings from last year's shows and i'm just going to use those as guide tracks and you know now i'm going to record them in the studio and like polish better microphone better environment not all the noise and bleed and all these problems and uh, as I got there, I'm like, I'm going to try to recreate the energy that was in these performances, like, you know, with no audience, with nobody here, just me and all by myself. And I was like, that's crazy. It's like I'm, I'm doing a disservice to what that experience is. And if my goal is for people to have a way to have a, a sampling of what that experience is like, I want to take them there. So I, I literally I changed my whole approach. And now it's like, let me identify some of the best snippets from these various live shows and, and edit those into a piece. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Vin. Makes sense. Well, it's like a comedian, right? A comedian can't just sit in a studio and record jokes. <laughs> you know, it's got to, they got to record it in front of an audience. And add an audience sound. There's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, oh, I slayed with that one for sure. <laughs> Cue that one up a few more notches. You, know? <laughs> you can't do that. You know, it's, uh, it's truly a performance art. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the magic is. So, yeah. And I I think, you know, a lot of people who aren't musicians and aren't performing, I think there's 
all kinds of ways to to get there i mean shit go go sing karaoke like i guarantee you you're gonna be nervous before you go sing (laughs) karaoke right it's like but then you get up there and you just give it hell and like authentically express and it'll feel good or be the first one to start the dance party yeah you know like find that and just go out there and just let it rip like we have all of these opportunities it's not about what the scale is it's what the scale is for you you know like your karaoke bar is the same as the rock stars filled out stadium like it it's the same (laughs) your friends and family it's going to carry a similar weight to that and similar magic can come out or similar magic can come out in any of these different venues and i think that's the important thing to learn this isn't just for an elite select few it's just about having the courage to be vulnerable to know that you may fuck up and you're going to still love yourself and still be good with everything even if you do and that'll give you the freedom to just get out there and let it rip and whatever the hell it is yeah absolutely i i feel like it's almost like a muscle you know like you're in the gym you go and you train that muscle you train train yourself to be stronger at it it's like life is all about uncertainty the only certainty we have in life is uncertainty and so it's like training our ability to dance on the edge with uncertainty, to smile in the face of uncertainty, to be able to, you know, do a cartwheel out of that fall where you almost face plant. Like that, that is like the art form for, of all, for all humans. Yeah, you don't have to be, that is the mastery. I think we're all invited and we came into these bodies, you know, to have that experience. Like yeah. how do we hone ourselves and whatever it is we do, you know, whether we're a painter, you know, we paint a house every day. Like how do I do that even more gracefully, even more fulfillingly, you know, and, and with, with joy dancing as I like rock my brush, you know, right. or as a fighter or as a musician, you know, I feel that's what we're called in. And the way we do that is we take risks. And we take that risk of being vulnerable. And the more we do that, the better we get at it. Because it's not if we're going to fall on our face. It's just when. And it's how gracefully do we get up mm-hmm. and, ha- and keep our dignity. Yeah. You know, and, and, you do that, and you do that with a smile. Totally. You know, like, because yeah. that's, that's really like everybody falls and everybody fails. You know, like yeah. we, think that, we think that we need to be hard on ourselves and show, oh, man, I, you know, put this whole act together. You know, but really just come back with a smile like hey yeah all right i fell on my face it's all good i got my ass kicked i fell on my face i fucked up so what yeah so what it's all good and by being admitting your vulnerability admitting that you're fallible then that makes you less vulnerable and less fallible you know ultimately like surrendering to your vulnerability is the only invulnerability Mm. you know because then it's not an issue anymore it's not anything that's actually making you vulnerable. It's just part of life. It's just the stumbling that occurs with walking, you know, so it's really not touching you, you know, and so you become invincible by being vulnerable. And that's the thing that people don't realize, like they try to defend themselves. Mm. But in the defense, that's what's really making them the most vulnerable. I always use the analogy of someone who's, you know, the, the toughest person doesn't go through into battle with the most armor. You know, like the scariest person that would be the one that walked in there naked. <laughs> you know, like, totally. like I am, I am invincible. <laughs> you know, like go for it, bearing their heart you on know, their chest. Their heart. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously, that's not a practical means for battle. I'm using it as an analogy. But, sure. But like, the more armor we put on ourselves, the more insecure we are about our vulnerability. Yeah. Like, the more we're trying to protect. Right. Whereas if you go in naked and go in without your all the psychological mechanisms and the defense mechanisms and the ways that you subvert blame and all that, you know, you go in without all that, that's when you're really strong because then you know that no matter what happens, you're going to be all right. Mm. Yeah, the perfect imperfection. 
Yeah. And just accepting that about ourselves. I think uh, another great analogy is, you know, you, you brought up relationship, you know, and I find that, you know, in my, in my partnership, you know, with Ashley, it's like, I'm constantly being tested. She's such a, the ultimate mirror, right? Because you spend so much time with your partner and your beloved and um, they kind of show you where, where all your edges are, you know, in your armor and where your weaknesses are in your armor, like literally. And they invite you to drop all your armor. And the more I can just do that and kind of get real with what is and what is mine, it's like how much deeper the love can go, mm-hmm. you know? And that applies to everything in life. And I feel like what you're saying, it's in going back to this idea of this muscle, the more we can be vulnerable, the more we can work on our vulnerability and just be in it, fully own it, you know? Um, and then when we fall on our face, which we will, when we get pissed, when we lose our shit, excuse my language, but mm-hmm. when those moments happen, it's like we're able to catch ourselves that much faster, yeah. that much faster. I can be like, oh, I know this program. I learned that from my dad. I learned that from my mom leaving me. I know exactly what this is. And those moments I come right back to my heart and I'm like, please forgive what I just said. That was total idiot. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that was my monkey self, like, yeah, acting a fool. And I love you. Yeah. And it's like going to that place. And, and I guess to tie it back into the music, it's the same. It's like, inevitably a pedal fails, an instrument, I hit a wrong note. And, and I love, um, yeah, I think it was Miles Davis who said, you know, you can never play a wrong note. You know, it it's, depends on what the next note is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such a perfect analogy for everything in life, right? It's like, right. what's the next note? How do you turn that? wrong note into a beautiful song yeah into a whole new passage that never would have happened had you not made the mistake it's you know i think uh, i've been listening a lot to this um this buddhist his name's muji m-o-o-j-i and he has a lot of pearls of wisdom that he drops but he talks about how we always look with hindsight as everything is beneficial you know like and he talks about if we were the cook of our lives mm. you know and we we're cooking everything in advance we'd make everything chocolate flavored. Like everything would be delicious, <laughs> like perfect and delicious. But that would be super boring, right? What we end up saying that we're the most grateful for are some of the hardships, some of the stuff, the, the difficult dishes that we had to swallow. And then we look back and like, man, that really helped me out a lot. That made me who I was, mm-hmm. you know, these challenging things. And we look back with hindsight, but when we look with foresight, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I got to deal with it. And what he's, the message is look with hindsight now. Mm. You know, look with hindsight at what this is going to bring you, how you're going to recover, how you're going to get better. Like bring hindsight yeah. into foresight and then you're, you're on your path to mastery. Because at that point, no matter what happens, you're immediately learning from it and immediately finding gratitude. And then yes. so at that point yes. that you're grateful for everything that's happening, you're in bliss. Yeah. Here you are. Welcome to heaven. You know, welcome out of hell. Welcome back to heaven. <laughs> right. Because you're grateful for whatever the fuck is happening right now. Not with hindsight, but with right. foresight. Right. And that's powerful. Super powerful. And that's tying it back to your first question to me, you know, in those darkest moments for me, like how have I been able to get up in the morning? It's been that. It's been like those moments when, when I see the future and I'm like, oh God, we're not going to make it all that. It's like, that'll destroy us. Right. That, that would make, I, I can't get up today. it's just failure it's just like oh that's all i see but the moment i look back i'm like wow look at the shoulders i'm standing on look at everything that i've already accomplished and it's like it doesn't matter tomorrow is doesn't exist all exists is right now this breath and in that next breath i can choose and it's like yeah that's true liberation it is and the other (laughs) trick that he the other trick that he talks about is you know understanding that that we are, we are the force of consciousness mm. and that there's a lot of fires that the self and the ego are going to start. And he talks about how these fires 
feed off, not off wood, but they Mm -hmm. feed off our attention. And there's no way to go as the ego and try and put out a fire started by the ego. You know, it's like what Einstein said, you can't solve a problem on the same level that it was created. You can't solve these ego fires with more ego. You feel jealous, you feel threatened, your ego wants to puff itself up and become greater and stronger and overcome it. It's just a cyclical hell. You know, like you can't, you can't put out that fire with that. You have to take a step, elevate yourself above and be the observer and say, oh, look, I see how the ego is rustled yeah. in this situation, but I'm not that. I'm consciousness. I'm this force that's animating this body in this life. Yeah. And then that allows those fires to just go out on their own. You know, it's like when you go looking for bliss, chasing it, you'll chase it like a greyhound chasing a rabbit. But as soon as you stop and realize that it's already here, bliss will kiss you on the forehead. You know, totally. And that's it's been really cool. Like <laughs> all of these, you know, finding these different truths in so many different paths. And uh, and I definitely recommend people, um, if you can, check out the work of Muji because he's he's killing it for me right now. Yeah, yeah. What one thing that comes to mind as you say that is like you know what are the things that we can do that help us take that perspective to step back you know, mm-hmm. from our ego, from those fires. It's like, what are practices that we can do, you know, in our day-to-day, you know, that enables us to do that, whether that be meditation or maybe it's playing music, maybe some creative expression. I mean, that's what it is for me. But yeah, yeah. what have you found? I mean, the gym, it's, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's sports. any it's any time that you can enter that kind of flow state, flow that state. state of ecstasis, that state where your mind is no longer the dominant force, that you're an embodiment of the force itself. You know, so it can be the quieter things like meditation can be different, louder forms of meditation, like the ecstatic dance that we're both a huge fan of. And um, it can be the float tank. It can be yoga. It can be doing the Wim Hof techniques, you know, where you're breathing heavily and then going into the cold. Dude, I saw that in your (laughs) your pool. It's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) You know, or it can be playing music or it can be playing sports. It's whatever, whatever is going to get you out of there is going to have a dramatic impact. And there's clinical research showing all kinds of things with flow state, yeah. healing all kinds of different conditions because these conditions are created by the mind. And when you get the mind diminished and the consciousness elevated, then that's where you're going to go. And really, I think the thing to focus on is not diminishing the mind because, again, that's trying to put out the fire of the mind with the mind. Ah, oh, mind, I got to diminish you, says the mind. The mind's like, fuck that. I'm not going to diminish myself, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm trying to exist. I'm trying to be real, says the mind. So you have to just elevate the other part, mm. you know, your consciousness part. Yeah. And any of the practices that you have will, will help that. I find uh, distracting, not not just distracting in like, you know, entertainment, like just, just consume things, which is kind of the default distraction that we have mm-hmm. in society. It's like, don't look at your problems, just, you know, bypass and ignore it stuff it down take a pill and then hope it goes away and then it just turns into cancer right it's kind of the de facto of what's happening like i find that the kind of grabbing the mind and confusing it and like i think of art forms like capoeira is a Mm -hmm. great example you know martial art a dance and music all at the same time Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like that's where i you know when we've done the dancing play the when i teach those workshops you know it's it's like i found that without a doubt, what a powerful way to get into it is accessing, literally being able to do something with your, it's like patting, rubbing your belly, you know, patting your head and chewing the gum at the same time, you know, and being able to do these multiple things at the same time. It's like really forcing our mind to almost be overloaded. 
Yeah. So it can't, it can't possibly track. The bandwidth is maxed out. And in those moments, it kind of has that brain fart. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> and in that moment, it's like it suddenly it, it cracks us. Yeah. You know, and it takes us into that space. And there's a, there's a saying, right? In, in Japanese, masters would have like those, what is the Zen? The Zen sayings that make you just kind of like. Oh, the Zen koans. The koans. Yeah. These puzzles that your mind can't solve. It's like overwhelming the bit rate of the brain. So <laughs> exactly. It, so it creates the rainbow pinwheel. And all of a sudden, you're, <laughs> the your rainbow, pinwheel, rainbow of death. pinwheel of death. And then your consciousness <laughs> or life. Has, yeah, has an opportunity to elevate. Yeah, that's that's certainly one one effective strategy. There's there's a lot, but finding those ways to to you know escape from the tyranny of our mind. I mean, our mind is there mm. to constantly look for problems. Yeah. Like that's its purpose. We got to understand what its biological function is. Where's the problem? Where's the problem? Where's the problem? What's going to prevent me from having wealth? What's going to prevent me from eating? What's going to prevent me from having sex? Blah blah blah. Looking, 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 and it's good. We need that. You know, I'm glad it's there. It's helpful. You know, but at the same time, it needs to chill because there's not always a problem on the horizon. It doesn't mm. always need to be active. And if that's its purpose, it's like if you have a hammer, everything for the hammer is going to be a nail. The way that our mind works, if the mind's you know main prerogative is to find problems, everything is going to be a problem. Mm. You know, it's like we have to understand that our mind is a tool designed to find and identify and solve problems. So. We have to, you know, we have to get out of that framework, or it's literally going to make everything a problem. Yeah, and that's not the place you want to be in. Right. Yeah, because you've already lost. You've right? already lost. You've already lost. Because it will. It'll. It'll make every damn little thing a problem. Yeah. You know, it'll make a minor annoying health condition the the sign that you're going to die. You know, it'll make a some small incident in a relationship a dramatic huge event because the mind will manifest and latch on to these different problems when you don't give them any attention again you you don't feed that fire with your attention the fire will go out you know more times than not and if you have to solve it fine you know when the problem is actually there we're actually really adept at figuring it out mm. it's almost relaxing like at the point like the worst part of getting sick is not being sick it's the lead up to it when you think you have <laughs> options you know like you think you can fight it and you don't know if this is that and the mind's struggling back and forth when it's already there when you already break your leg it's like well fucking broke my leg you know all right so we'll get no. to healing it you know it's, it's it's the the suffering comes in the anticipation and the wiggling and the wrangling and the it's the mind's attachment right yeah exactly. and, and or aversion mm -hmm. it's like our craving or aversion we're constantly in the suffering and so it's when we can be that equanimity, right? That yeah. equanimity is kind of like, okay, I just am. Mm -hmm. And I think the one of the seeds to really that needs to blossom in those moments is is love, and coming back to that heart, right? Because it's like the mind, yeah, it's just churning. It's just constantly looking for patterns, looking for all these these problems and solutions to the problems. But then it's like when we are able to drop into that flow state, I feel like that's where we access the channel straight to the heart to spirits like that's yeah. when we tap into love Well, that's what feels like is the home of consciousness whenever i do a guided meditation that's where i anchor consciousness it's not anchored in the brain right you know it's anchored there in the heart and interesting enough the heart has quite a few neurons in it as well amazing you know so it even has nerves that go to the vocal cords and return right. back to the heart yeah so focusing your energy on the heart rather than the head is a very beneficial practice. And again, this idea of, of kind of choking off the energy of the mind, that's exactly what psilocybin is doing. You know, psilocybin is literally the mechanism of action is restricting blood flow mm -hmm. to parts of the brain called the default mode network, which is part of that 
you know, reptilian side that's constantly looking for trouble and right. allows the other more elevated parts of both your heart and, and the other parts of your brain to take that step forward because the other part is just kind of on low power mode, exactly. <laughs> you know, and the more you take, the less power that thing gets. And, and, you know, and that's how it really, that's how it really works. And I think that's how a lot of the psychedelics work. It's not so much that it's adding, you know, and this was a great theory by Aldous Huxley is it's not that it's adding more to your brain. Mm. It's actually, you know, taking away some of the filter that mm -hmm. constant watchdog it's just like letting that thing go to sleep yeah so that the brain can actually take in all the other information the the consciousness can take in the information totally and and what medicine is obviously an amazing way to do that that's music i think and dance are like direct you know it's like accessible by anyone at any time when we get into that place of making sound even if we're just toning by ourselves, or you know humming a song right mm -hmm. in the shower driving the car whenever those moments are it's like it immediately starts to get our mind out of this place and we don't find ourselves doing this thing and as we do it there's this it generates this joy this deep joy this like heart opening you know and even whatever whatever the song may be and it may be just this catchy like hook from some really mm -hmm. terrible pop song you can't get out of your head then it starts to turn into hell maybe yeah. a little bit <laughs> <laughs> but in that way you know it can really um it opens. And one thing I was going to make a distinction, I was thinking about it, you know, between like fighting, we were giving like the examples of different things that go into flow states. You know, it's like with fighting, you know, there's, there's still this, this kind of destructive outcome, you know, that can happen out of it. Right. And it's because this conflict and you have someone there's injured, there's pain, there's suffering mm -hmm. kind of being generated by that. I would almost say what's really unique about music and dance is that there's no outcome of anything trying to be attained other than the form itself. Mm -hmm. It's one of the few art forms where there's no like tangible thing. Like it's not for survival. It's not for, I mean, you could say maybe like I'm doing a mating dance or something like that, you know, historically, mm -hmm. but it's like, it has, it exists for its own sake. Mm -hmm. And that's really unique thing. I think about hum human beings. It's one of, I think one of our most redeeming qualities as these nuclear apes, you know, on, on planet earth. Right. And doing all of our havoc. It's like when we're able to create music, out of that place of selflessness, just out of joy, just that expression, like the way a bird just sings a song in the morning. And it's just like, you hear that and it just like lifts your heart up and you're like, ah, oh, a new day. Isn't that what Bob Marley says? One, th one good thing about music, when it hits, you feel no pain. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's, that's absolutely right. It's, absolutely. This, it's the same with, you know, other forms of art too, you know, painting and poetry and these other yeah. expressions yeah. that are really designed purely to, you know, uplift or guide you to, you know, guide you to providence places that are going to either bring out more. But, you know, in the same way, though, some music can drive you deep into really challenging territory, some ceremony music. That's totally. the purpose, like going into the darkness. And I think in some ways fighting can be that as well. It's a, oh, yeah. it's this challenging force, two people agreeing to bring each other into the darkness to see what they can find, see what gems can emerge when all of the pressure of the world comes crashing down your safety your health your you know virility your performance your money everything on the line mm. you know the gems of the soul can be created by the by the pressure that's that's created and in that way it's beautiful but as as you say there is damage <laughs> you know there's, there's, there's collateral significant, damage <laughs> significant damage in order to get that done <clears throat> yeah. and so is it the most effective way to get in there and get those gems who knows? Maybe for some, yeah. you know, maybe for some, that's the music that right. that they're here to play, and and that goes to the the kind of the archetypal 
differences between between different people. Right. You know? No, absolutely. You know, and so it's not I don't think it's a right or wrong kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's there's there's different there's different approaches. And I, I feel the invitation, I guess, to everyone out there, right, is how can you bring more music, more sound, more movement, um, intentional movement, intentional sound into your daily practice and whatever that looks like. And in that way, be able to bring a little bit more joy and connection to the heart. I just feel like that's because right now we need that more than ever. Right. With what's Truth. happening in our country, in our world right now, it's like we are being called in. Um, last night we did the sound healing over at Black Swan Yoga and um, I pulled a card for the group and uh, we work with this animal deck and the card was the elk and the elk symbolizes stamina. And it was like, oh, the group dynamic, the energy tonight, stamina. And I, it like really hit home for me because I realized we're in this point right now as a, as a community, as a culture, as a, as a people, as humanity, where we need stamina right now. It's like, it feels exhausting. Like looking at, if we go down that, that rabbit hole, like looking where our mind sees these problems, right? And what we're facing right now between, you know, Mr. T and the rest of the gang, right? That's like, <laughs> that we're dealing with. And I'm just like, and all the way down to ourselves, right? In our own battles. And it feels like there's so much up in the field more than ever right now. And so it's like, we got to have that stamina to be able to stay in our hearts, to be able to come back to that. And, and if that requires us to hum that song, you know, whatever that is, allow that lullaby, you know, to, to bring us back into our hearts so that when we show up to fight that battle, yeah. you know, we can do that as warriors of peace. Yeah. Yeah. There's a certain, <clears throat> there's a certain grit in the face of resistance, you know, and it's, again, it's also looking at this, not as uh, looking at it with hindsight, you know, with hindsight now. And saying, wow, what will this force of resistance that we're feeling collectively and individually, you know, what will that bring out of this? What will that bring out of the country? You know, not what, oh man, look what we have to deal with, but all right, well, what's going to happen now? What's our response? Mm. You know, what is this pressure going to create within us and collectively? What bonds are going to be formed? What urgency, you know, is going to cause different people to come across and say, all right, now it's time. Now it's time for the fellowship. You know, let's call yeah. the hobbits, call the dwarves, call the elves. Like we <laughs> got some shit to do. We got a lot to do. <laughs> and so that's a, you know, looking with, with that potential hindsight, mm. you can really start to get excited. Like, yeah. all right, beautiful. Bring it, you know. Totally. Here we go, world. Do your worst. We're ready. You know, we're going to find that resiliency, find that grit. You know, whatever compression we feel will create more energy on the bounce back. You know, yeah. we are that bouncy ball getting dropped (laughs) from the cosmos and at the moment we hit the pavement everything compresses and we become flat (laughs) like oh this is the worst but all of that energy can be used shoot us right back up that's it yeah so kind of for me you know being in the studio this winter you know i was feeling that so deeply like just going through it like okay what can I contribute to this, to this experience right now? What can I add? Like, I'm not interested in just making music to entertain. It's like, what can I possibly bring through that's going to help people basically be the anthem for that, boom, that expansion? Because yeah. that's what we need right now, right? Just like when you go to the gym or you're going to go into, when you have that music that just pushes you and it makes you just get through that last rep or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? When it makes you climb that mountain to that last peak and take those last steps and be able to push through your total fear, you feel like your body is done. It's like, what is that song? Mm-hmm. And so that's really my inspiration right now. It's like, okay, let's give, we need, the people need this music. The yeah. earth needs this music, you know? Yep. Agreed. As, as earth keepers. <laughs> I want to play that. I want to play that track here coming up, but it reminds me too, somebody told me something, um, 
about the Navy SEALs have a rule when they say when you're completely done and you have nothing more to give, you really only gone 40% and you got 60% more to give. <laughs> so it's like the 40% rule. Ooh. And I've like, I've like thought about that, you know, cause it's, and for them, you know, that's what they've kind of figured out. Cause they put themselves in these situations where they literally have nothing and then realize, Oh, actually I got 60% more <laughs> that I can do. Like we're so much stronger than we give ourselves credit. As soon as we yeah. get our mind out of the way and realize like, yeah, all right, I'm going to keep going one step at a time. One more, one foot in front of the other. Here we go. One breath Heart forward, time. head up. One breath at a time. I got 60% more. Even when I think I'm very much at my mm -hmm. very end, you know, I got more. And then when you get to that end of that 60% more, maybe there's even a little bit more you can squeeze out. <laughs> you know, like human beings are just fucking powerful, resilient forces. Totally. And you see that. So many examples, right? Everywhere of like when we're pushed to the absolute limit, when we have nothing is when the most beautiful things happen. Mm -hmm. And that's that same idea. When we're empty, when we're hollow, hollow ourselves out that's when real spirit comes through hell yeah let's play the track yeah what tell us about this track that we're gonna play now okay so these are so since we did the aya album right for ayahuasca documentary film um i've been hard at work i've partnered up with a couple amazing uh producer friends who i've, I've connected with uh sauna uh love who is an, also known as shaman's dream amazing producer and he's been helping me kind of coordinate this as well as a mani friend from desert dwellers um in liquid bloom and so these beautiful brothers are basically, they're going to put out the Aya remixes and um, we're putting it out on Desert Tracks record label, which is Desert Dwellers record label. And there, if you haven't heard their music, you got to check their music out. It's really beautiful, con kind of cross between like dubstep, uh, Big bass, beautiful music meets conscious, like medicine, world sounds, medicine music. It's pretty epic. So they had an amazing list and I've been listening to different producers and we're like, let's send out an invite to the most incredible DJs and remixers out there. And let's see with this intention, how do we take now the vibration of this music, of the film, the intention of, of Madre Ayahuasca and bring that to the dance floor? Yep. And so that's kind of what um, has given rise to this. And I've just been blown away by the response from everybody. And so we have a few, they're trickling in. We're planning on the release coming out at the end of summer um, of the whole thing. But uh, we have a couple previews right now that we're going to be sharing with people. And this first one is a remix of Arcoiris, which is our theme song of the film. Um, and this is by a brother by the name of Momentology. And um, yeah, beautiful. I just got this remix last night and I heard it and I was like, oh, we got to play this on the podcast. <laughs> Worldwide debut. Worldwide debut, go. a little sample here. Here we go. Yeah. wild is it elicits some of the same things from the film totally but it has this whole different flavor it has this like get up and move kind of flavor to it <laughs> yeah like okay yeah it lifts lifts it up still has the heart lifting right the energy the, the sampoña can just see the film too we're flying over with the drone footage like over the yeah. jungle right just like yeah. landing in the jungle and flying like a condor
I <laughs> am <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's it's crazy how different music will drive you to different things, you know, and that's it. Just makes you want to get up and do amazing things for the world. <laughs> like that's like it's a, it's weird. Like I have my different tracks that'll make me want to go harder in the gym, or different tracks that'll make me want to go through challenging emotional times. This one just makes me want to create fucking awesome, beautiful things. You know, it's it's really cool. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the- dope. That's the intention. Totally. Wait, did you get that Burning Man invite yet? Are you going to be, gonna be dropping gonna, some of these tracks know, out there? I, I haven't the yet. We're, we're, we're waiting for it. We're waiting for it. I yeah. trust that when the time's right, we'll, we'll be asked to come out there and share. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, been, uh, I've been preparing though. I've been thinking about, okay, how do I get my gear out there without it getting totally trashed by the playa? <laughs> well, lots of people have that problem yeah, to know, solve. Like you know, you're not, you're not hermetically sealed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah that's, that's true you'll be pulling sand out of your guitars forever and, and whatever. yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah no we're totally down to to take it to apply we are going to be though at beloved festival this summer um and uh this amazing festival symbiosis is doing it's called oregon eclipse this year and they're doing it up and i guess it's like multiple festival curators from various festivals are all taking on different stages of this mm-hmm. festival um so liquid bloom we're going to be doing a set there and i'm pretty sure i'm going to be doing a solo set um, and Shaman's Dream too. So we're gonna be bringing playing some of these tracks out there for sure. So yeah, 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 Fuck yeah. really juicy. That'll be dope. Yeah. Do you want to uh, you want to listen to that second track yeah. that we have queued up here? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. So this one is uh, this is Sueños de la Selva, which is you know one of the other really beautiful tracks that, that I had done the original like kind of beat programming on it. It was the only one that kind of had more program beats. Everything else was purely organic with Imbira, um, Kalimba, and this one actually has is by a brother named Ataya. And really amazing brother, incredible producer, young brother who's just up and coming, really uh, incredible production. Uh, his style w- is known as drip hop. And so kind of this like real deep bass lines. Um, and yeah, I just did a remix for him as a thank you of this one. So really stoked to kind of have him on this album. And yeah, there's going to be a lot more goodness coming from Hell this. Hell yeah. So check it out. I could just imagine the boat ride to this song too, you know, <laughs> totally. just like on Wachuma. Just wow, the water rippling, yeah. fractals. Yeah. yeah, perfect Wachuma boat ride music. Anybody going to Don Howard's Spear Quest? <laughs> get this track for the boat ride. Trust me, this has to be in your playlist. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna like this one.
That's badass. That's a beautiful song for like acceptance. It really reminds me of just making peace with what is, you know, which is again one of the beautiful parts of Wachuma is just mm. that mm. accepting yourself and your life and your tribe and and for who they are and what what really is and being okay, that ultimate form yeah. of forgiveness, you know. Yeah. And it's 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 beautiful to see these medicine songs translated into something that you know, just enhances and heightens and steers it in slightly a different direction. So awesome to see that this album is still... It's still fractaling out. Yeah. 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 You know, you create something and the ripples continue yeah. to go on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to that, I'd, I'd love to just share this. You know, I've been getting so much beautiful feedback, like when people go on to the band camp and mm -hmm. I know you've got it too through your, yeah. your social media and stuff. It's just, it's so beautiful to see how many people are like, really finding deep healing with this music yeah and how it's fine i mean all over the world you know getting messages from australia from like you know new zealand from you know asia i'm just like wow like people all over the world just being able to sit with it and and it's like they're like nothing else takes me back to ceremony like this like, mm -hmm. thank you for this like, thanks for creating this and i'm <laughs> yeah. just like so i feel so grateful you know that it all just started from a from a simple conversation and right and 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 you being like hey you you want to do the music for this thing <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, brother. You're welcome. You're welcome. And yeah, for those of you who are interested, abimarcus.com has both the documentary at drinkthejungle.com or you can navigate through the site and then the album uh, for sale, digital download, or uh, actually the, the tangible CD too we're still selling as well for anybody who actually has a slot that that motherfucker yes. will fit in. The best fidelity though. <laughs> Gotta yeah. say, the best quality we want for the jungle sounds. Yeah, and you just, we're running out of slots these days. I was just trying true. to plug my headphones into my iPhone <laughs> earlier Apple and I was like, thwarts us again. <laughs> no, no dongle there. Gotta cue up the old Bluetooth. You gotta radiate your head a little bit if you wanna listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think music will, will change it all with all of the technological advancements? I mean, is there going to be, is this VR or anything going to change how we consume music? Maybe consume live events through kind of virtual reality experience or? Yes, I think it is happening. And I feel that at the same time that there's this technological, like, you know, speed up that we're watching happen as we accelerate to the singularity, you know, as, mm -hmm. as Kurzweil says, I feel that at the same time, I feel like there's, there's this, this core kind of experience that people are getting present with. Same to what we were talking about with like the live experience, like experiencing it, being there at the show, you know, it's something about, I think while the VR stuff is going to continue to grow and people are going to create these more immersive experiences and some people may just get lost in those worlds, but I feel like at the same time, human beings, we hunger for the real thing. We know the difference and there's something that can never replace the real thing. And I feel like ultimately people will, just like now you see more people wanting vinyl records now. Yeah. People are getting turntables again. Like it's- There'll be a counter reaction. There'll be a counter reaction, you know? And I feel like and ultimately- maybe that's ultimately what we need. Maybe these mediocre things are just, you know, yeah. they're actually the, the hardest to transcend, you know? Cause maybe when you actually take it to the ultimate, then you'll start craving back you know, back the original basics, you know, the maybe authentic. that's where the ba the balance will be. Yeah. You know, is when you have all everything available te technologically, right. maybe Go that's when we'll start appreciating, you know, the actual tangible and the visceral communication that we can have. Yeah. I, I really believe that because there's just nothing like that human touch, that human mm -hmm. voice and hearing it with your own eardrums, you know, totally analog on the way out and on the way in. Yeah. And, you know, the digital intermediate, it's beautiful and it's getting better and more high def and more pixels and more, you know, but ultimately it'll never replace, I think, the real thing. And, and I pray for that. 
because yeah. I feel like if it does, I don't know what's going to happen to humanity. <laughs> we may just turn into ones and zeros. Well, yeah, <laughs> we become a different type of technology. Right. But I don't think that's the case. And if it is, I'm damn glad we're alive now because then <laughs> this too. is then this is the golden age because we have truly. all of the benefits of technology, but still have access yeah. to all of each other. And and this this time, I really think this is the best time that there's ever been to be alive. Totally. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And and with that, I'd like to just invite you know everybody. Come out and have a one-on-one experience with us. The retreats that we're doing and all yep. the different offerings, like that's really the ultimate. It's like you have these, like as you're on the go, but then it's like when you want to go deep and come and get it firsthand. Um, nothing like it. Nothing. I like was it. just on the table yesterday. I can assure everybody that that <laughs> is a uniquely incredible experience. I mean, the the trance state that that creates, the combination of the music and the massage and the all of the healing modalities that you apply at once it's really really incredible um it's something that's indescribable you know and it's uh it's really cool to see the blending the synesthesia of all of these different things that that you've created and um it's beautiful and not many people in the world are going to get to experience that (laughs) but it's now get in while you fucking can (laughs) that's all i'm saying like you get an opportunity to see this man see him live do it now because it's there's never going to be a better time than now so get up and make it happen manifest that shit yeah it's yeah, true, true. we're on the road more and more it's like okay exactly, it's like exactly. never home <laughs> exactly um yeah where should people look for you where should people find you and stuff yeah we we you know we uh we have our website just porangi.com um p-o-r-a-n-g-u-i.com and that's that's the best place where i try to keep that event calendar up to date kind of with our latest shows as well as a, a way to reach us for body work and it tells you about our retreats um so those that's the best portal and then otherwise you know instagram um facebook and those places as well just kind of like us up and and connect with us there and yeah Lots of good things coming up, though. We got amazing retreats right now in May and April. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have stuff on the horizon with, yep. with on it. So just so much. Yeah. I mean, we have, we're have we flirting with, you know, opening up potentially some of the retreats that are happening at my own ranch as well, you know, which is... Uh, epic. Which is epic. Epic. Yeah. So if you guys <laughs> see, any of you guys see that, again, I'd recommend jumping on it. Cause <laughs> it's been a massive, massive part of my life. And I... Yeah the utmost confidence for everybody who goes through that program and Eden hot springs Eden hot springs which is is don't get fooled it's cold as fuck at nighttime <laughs> the hot springs are warm <laughs> but bring wait, some wait, extra wait. sleeping you got in a bag. pool with a bunch of ice man. <laughs> and you're gonna say that's cold yeah, as fuck yeah well you know that's three minutes at a time all right i'm happy for really no. cold in short distances it's like when i'm running like i'm a good sprinter you ain't gonna see me on an Ironman trip. You know, I'm not gonna be running the Boston Marathon. Check. You know, <laughs> what was it? You, you texted me, uh, hashtag not tough. Yeah, <laughs> when no, you left. no, for sure. It was too fucking cold. And everybody's like, just go in the fucking pool. I'm like it's four in the morning. I'm gonna be even colder when I get out. What are you talking about? Got your robe. You got it. I know you guys didn't come fully prepared. You got to no. come prepared. Yeah, we'll come. come we'll come prepared to eat. <laughs> Definitely a really pretty spot in Arizona. Oh. Oh, man well let's the sands of time have run out but let's fucking close this thing close with some music some music let's yeah do it. let me have that flute there i'll see if i can add a few All notes right. in there. yeah tell them about this so this is from my brother guillermo actually mm-hmm. that's one of his amazing yeah flutes. and i just got a flute for my birthday from whitney with uh quetzalcoatl on it it's a badass flute Epic but this flute. one is like a, a dual chambered flute yeah 
So, so based on a pre-Columbian flute with like Azteca Maya style, but then he makes them in the Lakota tradition, kind of Plains Indian style in the wood. Um, yeah. So yeah. check it out. Here we go. A little cool. Little I'm going to move over to your side. Drop that funky beat, right, Pete. listening to another episode of the Aubrey Marcus podcast. As always, we deeply appreciate it if you share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes. And of course, go to onit.com slash Aubrey, get 10% off all of the tools for human optimization.